Hey everyone, and welcome to this special soapbox edition of the Risky Business Podcast. My name's Patrick Gray. And if you're a new listener, this is not the regular weekly Risky Business show. Uh, scroll back in the Risky Business podcast feed to find one of the numbered editions. That is the weekly show. Uh, these soapbox podcasts are different. They're an entirely sponsored thing, which means everyone you hear in one of these editions paid to be here. And really what they are is a chance for our sponsors to talk about what they're doing, the way they see the world, uh, so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, today's soapbox is a really, really interesting one, actually. Uh, we're chatting with Abhishek Agrawal of Material Security. And uh, Material has been a sponsor for years now, a uh, sponsor of this show. And I always thought their tech was cool, but I did wonder if the market would embrace it, right? Uh, but I don't wonder about that anymore because the threat environment has really shifted over the last few years and Material makes the perfect solution uh, for some of today's big challenges. And they're the only one, as far as I know, uh, that that does this, right? So a little bit about the company. They make a product uh, that controls your user O365 and Google Workspace accounts uh, via Microsoft and Google's APIs. So Material can do things like lock up your users' inbox archives and impose an MFA challenge on them when they want to read old email, for example, right? So you can just have a blanket rule that says anything older than three months, archive it. If a user wants to access it, they need to MFA. And this is obviously really useful because if a threat actor gets into that mailbox, they can only get, you know, they can only exfiltrate three months worth of mail. Uh, so, you know, it can do other things too. It can auto-redact PII from mailboxes, which is an incredibly useful feature. And it can even do things like lock up password reset emails behind MFA. So if someone accesses a user mailbox and they're trying to reset other accounts, uh, uh, you know, using email reset, like that just won't work. So, you know, all in all, uh, very useful stuff, right? Now that we live in a very cloud, cloud, cloud world. So yeah, the whole point is if a threat actor manages to access one of your user's cloud productivity accounts, they can't really exfiltrate anything too sensitive and they're much more limited in what they can do and you're much more likely to catch them. The Storm 0558 uh, campaign against the US government recently is a great example of where this product can help. And these days, uh, materials bells and whistles aren't just being applied to email. Google Drive and Microsoft OneDrive are the file sharing servers of the 2020s. And the major platforms have done a pretty bad job, uh, let's be frank, of putting suitable controls on them, granular controls, and material is solving that problem as well. So ultimately, you know, what is material security? I mean, they started off saying, you know, we're an email security company, but not like that uh, was was <laughs> the best they could sort of come up with back in the day. Uh, but I guess really what I'd describe them as is a control and authentication layer built for the modern, you know, cloud-based productivity suites. Uh, and yeah, it sure does solve a lot of problems. So here's Material's co-founder and CEO, Abhishek Agrawal, uh, with a chat about material security's view of the world. I hope you enjoy it. Whether it's for planning purposes or whether it's just to think about strategy, I think in security, uh, a lot of the leadership often has this definition of kind of critical infrastructure, right? So like, what is our critical infrastructure? What is the thing that we absolutely need to make sure like we safeguard? And um, I think, you know, things that come to mind there are like, obviously like your endpoints, like your networks, uh, anything you're running in the cloud yourself, right? But one thing that we've been talking about with them is like, it's, it's actually also your cloud office. Like, and by, by that, I mean your productivity suite uh, is critical infrastructure because it's like, you know, where all your content lives, where all your employees like do everything they do, where your customers interact with you. 
it serves as identity to your point often and is the, the thing that you then use to log into your cloud uh, infrastructure. And so it's well, not what really... Is it they, they say that we used to roll our eyes at and have realized is true, which is identity is kind of the new perimeter, right? I, yeah, that's right. It is, yeah. I think it is true. I mean, and like, uh, I think that's actually fair. I think the part of that that like was eye is like, okay, why are we even still talking about perimeters? But I think like, <laughs> but, but like identity is a new perimeter. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, and when we say that, like, you know, I think the, the kind of interesting, I don't know, sort of uh, realization from that is that in some of these other areas, you, you kind of do expect, uh, you know, one or two products that like really supplement the kind of security. So like, for example, in your cloud infrastructure, you know, there's like the whizzes and the lays works of the world. But when it comes to the productivity suite, for some reason, we've kind of expected a bunch of different like point solutions for different problems. Like, for example, you'll have like something for email, which is different from like, you know, your like uh, maybe your DLP for for other parts of the productivity suite. And and I, you know, I think a lot of the the conversation has been kind of hinting at the fact that like maybe there's an opportunity to actually consolidate some of that and think of if you think of like your productivity suite as critical infrastructure in the same way that these other things are, then like it makes sense that you kind of lean on one platform to, to uh, help secure it. And all that, I mean, all of the same kind of analogies apply, right? So like, for example, like you have like really rich APIs into these things and you can kind of focus. And, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is the we often talk about sort of SaaS security, but I think that has one problem, which is it sort of assumes that all SaaS is created equal, right? Yeah. And like, the, and the fact is like, that's just not true. Like you have some pieces of SaaS that are like disproportionately like carry the risk uh, versus others. And I think there's this assumption like, oh, okay, if I'm gonna do like SaaS security, maybe I can like cover everything. But re in reality, what ends up happening is you get things that are kind of like a mile wide and an inch deep, right? Because like, if you're trying to do such a broad, sort of set of problems, what you do is like maybe give like basic coverage on each of them. But I, but you know, like a lot of the vision of material is starting to shift towards a point where we're like, actually there's one piece of SaaS that we think is more important than every other piece of SaaS you own. It's the very first thing you provision for any employee in your company. Uh, and it's your, it's your productivity suite. And, and hence, because that one piece of SaaS is so much more important than every other piece of SaaS, it kind of deserves focus, right? It deserves attention. It, it deserves going deep on. Yeah, no, really I mean, learning. I hear what you're saying. Instead of trying to take some sort of generic SaaS security solution that's trying to cover everything or yeah. something that's trying to do it through identity security or, you know, whatever, yeah. like actually carve off the productivity stuff, treat it as its own problem, put it in its yeah. own infrastructure and, you know, just do it that way. I'm curious too, just, uh, you know, it, it occurred to me that, um, you know, this Storm 0558, attack, yeah. right? Yeah. Where uh, someone stole a signing key from Microsoft and that enabled people to like, um, you know, yeah. attackers to mint tokens that would get them into mailboxes. How would that work in a material scenario? I mean, you would, would you still be toast in that scenario, even if you're a material customer? I mean, no, that, in, in that's some actually... senses you wouldn't be because like a lot of your, you know, you've got a lot of restrictions on you can't dump someone's entire mailbox with, with material, that's right. right? So that, that's, that's a big right. thing. But that initial access step still would have worked, right? The initial access step would have absolutely still worked, but that's kind of the, the that's point That's the whole point material. of the company, right? Isn't yeah. It? Which is Which that is if like, your inbox gets, uh, gets compromised, yeah. the blast radius is limited. Yeah, we're actually not trying to stop the initial access because the assumption is like there's so many different paths to access that trying to stop each one is kind of like a, um, not a winning strategy. 
on the other hand though like in that in that attack like the goal of the attack was to do you know uh surveillance reconnaissance and like look at like past correspondence and what material does uh, as you know is it, it redacts those messages they're straight up not in the mailbox they're they're in another piece of cloud infrastructure that the customer controls and and so it's exactly the scenario that Material is designed for, which is like anything in your archive that would have been in plain text that someone who guts in can just dump. Now, when they dump the mailbox, they just get a bunch of HTML stubs that are pointers to the original content. But to dereference the pointer, you need to pass a challenge that is, becomes harder to pass, right? Or at least yeah. pass it over and over and over. Um, I actually think that was, there's a, there's a theme, right? So there's like SolarWinds, there's Hafnium, and then there's this most recent one. And in each case, it was an email breach. And in each case, the vector in the entry point had nothing to do with email. So yeah. it, it, it kind of, it, you know, what we've been kind of saying for a while is like email security has for a long time been obsessed with email as a vector, which is how do I stop bad emails from coming in because there's such an effective way to uh, get an entry point in a phishing or whatever. But it really has ignored the fact that email is also the target. And so it, it, it's almost like the marketing is hurting us here because we call it email security, but, and that's supposed to mean secure email, both no, as it's a vector supposed to and mean, It's supposed to mean it doesn't have malware in it. I mean, that's the exactly. definition that we settled yeah. on, you know, is, is, oh, well, it's, it's, it's got no phishing links in it or, you know, malware-laced yeah. PDFs or yeah. bad macros, you know, that, yeah. that's the definition yeah. we moved towards and which is why it was interesting when I first signed you as a sponsor, yeah. being able yeah. to talk, well, okay, this is different. This isn't Mimecast or Proofpoint. Like this is something that's right. else. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, what I'm saying is like, so if email security, we, the definition we settled on, is, it means there's no malware. That's fine. What do, we, what do we call the thing that is trying to secure the content inside the mailboxes? Like, what's that? that because that's security for your email. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like securing the content <laughs> of your email. And, and it's, it's, it's really interesting because uh, I think there's been such an obsession with that entry point and just defining it that way, which, by the way, is a direct result of how the tech used to work, right? If it, in the past, when you had email as a uh, running on an on-premise server, the only thing you could really do to secure it was uh, look at email on the way in and out through an appliance. Yeah. Like yeah, because uh, quite often and, it would be it would be an endpoint client would pull the email and it would be deleted yeah. from the server. It wouldn't even be retained there. I mean, depending That's on exactly. the industry, like law firms yeah. would retain stuff yeah. and whatever, but yeah. most people yeah. eh, just deliver it to the client and see you later. And even the clients, uh, or even when there were cloud services, sorry, the mailbox sizes used to be tiny, right? Like yeah. it was like five megabytes of five. Well, I remember what was it, 20 years ago when Gmail yeah. launched and the whole the whole shtick for Gmail, the thing that yeah. made Gmail popular and G was a double play, right? For Google yeah. and also because they gave you one whole gigabyte of storage. Exactly, exactly. Because exactly. this is back in the day when Hotmail gave you 20 or 40 megabytes. That's you know, exactly like right. People, you know, young folks listening to this might not remember, but yeah, you, yeah. you, would, you would not really have any space, yeah. and it was a major pain, right? And Having because to you didn't have any, memory. and because you didn't have any space, you couldn't archive anything. You like meticulously deleted things that didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, you had and, to spend time and, curating yeah. your mail storage, yeah. right? And that's the problem that that you know. I mean, really, we can blame Google for all of this, can't we? Because they <laughs> yeah. came along and said you can treat email as something you can keep forever. Right? Exactly. But here's you a whole gigabyte. Like, right, right. And I think when they said it's a whole gigabyte and they said you can treat email as something you can keep forever, 
Um, in that moment, email went from being just a messaging protocol to a content repository to a file repository, right? And I think what we all missed in security was like, oh, well, okay, if it's now become a file repository, maybe I should apply like all of the paradigms for file repository security to this thing. And instead of just the messaging, like network protocol security, like, you know, uh, abstractions that we're used to. So, and, and that's, and we're still living in that world. Like the, the, the file repository gets, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but all of the email security we have is all about just the messaging protocol. It's not really related to uh, the, the, the actual content in the middle. Anyways, that's what spurred us to thinking about material and actually like, you know, it was actually the, if you remember, if you remember, it was the John Podesta hack that. Yeah, I was, like I was actually going to mention this. I mean, that was yeah. the inspiration behind material, which is like to limit the damage from compromised, uh, compromised inboxes. And it is something where, you know, a part of me, I'm going to be frank, thought, mm, is that a worthwhile premise for an entire company? And then we look at, you know, like I mentioned the Storm 0558 stuff just now. And yeah. you know, we've been doing yeah. a lot of work on that. And in that case, email yeah. inboxes and their contents were absolutely the targets. They weren't trying to leverage that access and OAuth into SaaS services or reset right, Azure right. credentials. No, yeah. they wanted the inboxes. They hit 10 inboxes the at inboxes. the State Department, took 60,000 emails. God knows how many else from other uh, affected uh, US government departments. But... Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, you were ahead, I think, yeah. on this a little. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I, this, so, the reason that's funny is because we were actually having this conversation uh, before we got going about the merits of being too early versus being too late. Yeah, in various that's right. Things, that's right. right. No, 100%. I mean, I think that absolutely applies to company building and the, and the kind of product uh, strategy you, you adopt because it's the difference between um, operating in an existing market and building something better there, which can be you know, a higher velocity of getting, getting going. Cause your people are familiar with the problem and you're just giving them something that's like better, faster, cheaper, whatever, but it's like an incremental improvement versus you're trying to reframe an entire problem. Like that, that takes time. You have to, you have to show folks like one step at a time. And also, um, a lot of this just wasn't possible. So I think it's, it's not like this insight was not had before to your point, you know, like mail schools used to get dropped and like, that was bad a while ago too but you couldn't do much about it. The thing that like really made us excited to t tackle this was like the, with the clouds email services, you also got these awesome rich APIs and yeah. that those APIs are what actually made some of these like techniques possible. And it goes back to the point we were talking about uh, earlier, which is like, if you focus on one app or two apps versus trying to do like 20 apps uh, because you're trying to do SaaS security for all of them, then you can actually go deep. You can use these APIs to do crazy, clever things and like actually protect the contents. But if I was just trying to, if email or for my productivity suite was one of 50 SaaS apps that I was trying to secure, yeah, I'd give you some basic reporting, like who doesn't, like which ones support MFA or don't, like are they all SSO enabled? You know, I'd, I'd give you some like kind of like surface level security posture on all of them. Well, and then you too could... could have an 11 gajillion dollar market, uh, you know, valuation, right? <laughs> Just by doing that. Right, 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 right. So like, I think <laughs> I, that's fair. That's fair. But I think like, uh, you know, we, if, if you actually want to solve the problem, which we do, <laughs> then I think you have to be uh, willing to go a little deep. Um, but having said all of that, uh, I also agree with your initial skepticism of like, hey, is this actually like, you know, whether it's a whole company or not, that 
that's kind of no, almost no, no. besides I, the I point. Think where I, but, I think but, where but, I went but, with but, it, hang on, and this, this gets into the definition thing as well, because you're like, well, yeah. we're an email security company. And like where I eventually got to with thinking about material and what you are is yeah. that you're a provider of cloud email that's suitable for enterprise. And um. when you, okay, that might not make sense, but then when you say, <laughs> hang on, Microsoft and Google's cloud mail isn't fit for enterprise use, then you go, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Because yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not really. When you think about the, you know, how, how bad they are at limiting damage in the event of a compromised mailbox, like the sort of stuff you've built, in my view, should probably be standard features in, in totally. you know, totally. enterprise And, and this is... Well, this is the thing that I think is really interesting about security, uh, because by definition, every security product out there, you could argue that the platform that it helps secure should have just had that security inside it, right? Like yeah. that, that is just always a recurring theme. Um, and yet there's always kind of needs to supplement. And it's not even just like, oh, I want like a better version of what I would have gotten bundled or like I want best of breed. It's literally just like layers help, right? And so I, I, I think of it that way. But what I was going to say is that you know, whether it's a whole company or not, I don't know, but certainly it doesn't, it's not enough to kind of address the problem on its own. Like that's just one feature. Like, okay, cool. Like there's one threat model that you helped with, which is someone gets into a mailbox or an insider has access to a mailbox and is trying to, you know, retrieve content. Um, sure, you helped block that. But I think that no one could kind of argue that that encompasses like all of the difficulties that you have with like your productivity suite or even just the email app. And so... Over time, I think where the company has evolved is one, covering more bases that are related to email, uh, but actually then going even beyond that and saying, hey, the productivity suite, like what can we do there, right? So like, why, why stop at email? Like these exact same problems apply to files, for example. And well, so, to docs and to sheets yeah. and all of that. I mean, everyone listening can tell that we're a Google Workspace shop, but <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. where all of our business information lives. You know, exactly. we, we, we plan we plan all of our sponsorship activities in sheets yeah. and, you know, I I'm do a lot of writing, obviously, in docs. And yeah, yeah. so, so yeah. how do you and begin so the data that? Uh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, the data that you generate as a business, your IP, uh, everything from your customer agreements. It's, I mean, it's like, again, it's in this productivity suite, whether it's Look, in Google Look, it's your Drive, SMB OneDrive. file share for the modern age, yeah. right? It is yeah, your exactly. Windows file yeah. share server for the modern exactly. age. I get exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we can chip away at that uh, in the same ways, right? You can use the same techniques. Like those things also have really rich APIs against them. So for example... First, you can use the APIs to gain a lot of visibility into what's going on, which is often really, really hard in these kind of like, like I talked to a customer, uh, can't name which one, but they had like petabytes of Google Drive, uh, you know, uh, usage. And, and they actually Does anyone like, who's not Google have petabytes of usage of Google yeah, Drive? Yeah, it, well, you'd be surprised. I, I was certainly surprised to hear that. And they were like, you know, we're... Actually, one of the things we're trying to figure out is like how much storage we even use because like yeah. Google can't help us answer that. Um, yeah. Anyway, but like these things have really rich APIs and you can kind of start getting visibility into, I mean, for Drive, for example, a common question is like, you know, what are the ACLs on all of my files? Which ones have sensitive content? Like, do I have anything that's just sitting open? And this brings us all the way back to the conversation you were having earlier, which is like, 
we are so obsessed with like a VM that is open to the internet running inside our cloud infrastructure. Like we're so obsessed with that. It's like, oh, it's like every time it's an S3 bucket or a VM that was open, it gets like used as an entry point. But like, but what about like the file that's just like anyone with the link permissions and like has been part of some like data dump and has sensitive content in it. Like it's the same exact problem, right? It's the same kind of, all of the same uh, well, I mean, every time, apply. and I know this, you know, from using these sorts of services myself, is anytime yeah. I'm emailing a document to some yeah. non-workspace user, I have to set those open permissions. Exactly. And anyone with a exactly. link can open that file, you know, yeah. and people and it's the, are just so used to clicking, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's the same kind of problems, which is like, well, are you really going to go sit around and curate that and like go like go through all of your past links and make sure like they're not still open and you're, you're not, you know, so like. Uh, but with APIs, like we can, we can automate that. We can go through it. Uh, mm -hmm. We can even take the same idea of making you have to step up, authenticate before you access something sensitive. And well, you do could it even files. set expiry on the amount of time that files can stay open, so you could share it and yeah. have that link be ephemeral for like after a week, nuke it. Totally. And I think you know, to to Google and Microsoft credit, like the expiry and password protection, like they've built some of those features into the file sharing. But but here's an example. I mean, let's say there's a file from two years ago in your Google Drive. It's got sensitive data. There's really no reason anyone should like, no one's accessing it recently. And, and yet if I were to compromise an account, I would just be able to data dump this out exactly like email. But if instead what we had done is we had said, actually, like, we're not going to give you access to this file until you first authenticate some other way, exactly what we do in email. Then it, it's the same kind of um, same kind of threat model we can help with. So, anyway, my my broader point though is that I think the the evolution of the product has been kind of very email centric. Like the pitch used to kind of be like email security, but not what you think, right? Like not yeah. not the email security that you think. And uh, now it's to, all around enterprise suitable, secure online cloud productivity suites. Exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah. that is everything from what we call posture management, which is just like helping you understand what the hell is even going on like in these environments. Because I mean, if you are running kind of like, uh, let's say your standard like Microsoft 365 customer, let's say 5,000 users, just understanding like what apps do you have deployed? What settings are they on? Are there any legacy settings that you should have turned off but like have on still? Uh, what, what are users doing? What behavior, uh, like, is there anything risky going on? Like, it's like, how are you gonna audit this? It's very, very hard. And I think our big insight at the beginning of the company was like, uh, well, we came from like a data infrastructure background, like all three of the founders. Um, and the first thing that like, it was just the instinct was, okay, well you have APIs that can let you interrogate these platforms. So first thing, use those APIs to, uh, basically normalize all of the data into a data warehouse. And like, like that's step one. Well, that's one. the next like, part of this conversation, which is like, how yeah. have you done this? And yeah. what does your infrastructure look like? Because under this model, like if I become your customer, all of my documents, all of my emails, all of my everything, it gets moved out of Google, right? And stored in a data warehouse that you run. Yeah. Well, not all of them, uh, sensitive ones that we choose to redact, but yes. Uh, yes. But, but, but I mean, it, historical, but, right? Like if it's the archive, so if you choose yeah, nothing yeah. older than 30 days, that goes into a data warehouse. That's right. That you that's run. right. Yes. Um, well, anything, so, that's, anything that's not visible to the account without step up authentication goes into that data warehouse, which would include right. documents that we're, we've decided are sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so obviously that is, you know, a huge honeypot. So the first thing is that yeah. we, 
we don't run the data warehouse. So we actually, uh, every single one of our customers gets their own single tenant infrastructure. Uh, and, and, and all of this app and all of the data that's stored runs out of that, and they actually can get control over it. We even have a few customers that lock us out of it. So we deploy the, the, the product, we set it all up, but then they rotate the keys and literally we don't have access. We can ship yeah. them updates. But they they have to station apply a themselves. team of ninjas at ten meter intervals around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think what's way more common, uh, obviously, is like you know, it's single tenant infrastructure. They can audit it. They can make sure everything is uh, everything inside it is kosher. But then, obviously, like we'll carry the pager and help them uh, in case there's any issues. But you have to have a model like that. So that that's kind of like the security and privacy and trust model reason for doing an architecture like that. But the other reason is that if you are syncing all content into a data warehouse, right? Like if we build like an index of everything going on in your office suite, uh, in everything. And I don't mean just redacted message, uh, messages or files, but like all message events, all, all file events, uh, like message metadata, this all gets synced and normalized into a really fast commodity data warehouse. And now that that's just like, Unlocks so much because now you've you've basically well now put you all can this... start drawing insights from that information. That's right. right. And that That's is right. stuff we've talked about yeah. before. But I mean, there's are, are you allowing third parties? You know, do you have your own API that third parties can use to write apps to do to query that data, or is it more something that you're just doing yourself? Um, we do have APIs. I wouldn't say that too many third parties are using it. It's mostly customers of ours yeah, right. that are using the APIs to, to automate different things that they would like to do with that so data So detection platform. teams and whatever will go, okay, I'm going to learn this API because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, I'll just give you a really simple example. So if, I want to, if I'm an IT or security team and I want to search across the entire email or file footprint of my company, maybe I'm looking for uh, a really bad campaign and I'm curious if anybody got it. Uh, maybe I've been asked by HR to like look something up because I'm, I'm in IT. I just can't do that search very easily. It just, it's just really, really hard in the native platforms. Like you, they were kind of built for e-discovery. So you have to like issue a query. You wait for a few hours for some MapReduce see, job that's to complete. The, that's, the, that's the frustrating thing, isn't yeah, it? About yeah, Workspace yeah. and Azure stuff yeah. is a lot of this functionality is there. Yeah. Like you can run a report in Google to tell you who's not using MFA, but it's like you have to go through seven layers of like yeah. and in Microsoft clunky land, interface it's like, hell to do it. Yeah, and in Microsoft land, it's, the equivalent is like put together like seven PowerShell scripts and like, yeah. you know, get like, like hard Do an incantation, and the, burn some yeah. sage. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, but the APIs are there. And like, so you can use the APIs to sync this data and then like just show it, you know, and make just it easy query to query. It, yeah. yeah, so like search, for example, um, if we build like a normalized data warehouse of all email content or file content, search becomes as easy as literally just a query on that normalized table. You know, it's like, mm. it's not hard then. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean you have to write like SQL yourself. Like you're using our UI and writing like a normal search query that like you would in your Gmail or whatever. But under the hood, what we're doing is issuing a query to this, to this data platform. Um, and, and that's just one very simple, search is probably like the simplest example, but if you can think of any type of batch analytics job. So for example, if every month you wanted a summary of new senders that you had never seen before uh, and how many messages they sent you, like let's say you need that kind of uh, uh, information, or if you wanted to understand how different parts of your company were collaborating with each other, 
uh, or if you wanted to understand, you know, like this other customer did, like how, how are we using our storage or space? Like all these questions become answerable because you've got a data warehouse. It's almost like bringing like the like BI trend that like every other company uh, department in a company has known for like years and uh, being able to apply it to this really, really important data set, which is your like office data set, right? Like all of your productivity data set. Like why is that? which is the thing that you're like creating and living and breathing in every day and all your employees are, why is that so hard to like interrogate or query? It just that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, over the years that you've sponsored, your business has just seemed more and more sensible, you know, like radically more sensible. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's I, a good trend. <laughs> well, I mean, a hundred percent. Cause now you got like attackers specifically targeting emails and you know, corporate documents now are usually, yeah, in in the cloud, right? And we're gonna yeah, we're yeah. gonna see people more and more going after uh, that stuff as opposed to Windows file shares because stuff doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, I know? mean, even in this uh, storm breach, right? Like, if I compromised a mailbox uh, through, you know, by forging an identity token, like I could just as easily go to OneDrive and then yeah. dump that out as well, right? Exactly. Like why, exactly. why, why start? And then I could go to Microsoft Teams and chat and like dump that out as well. Like there, it's you know, all you know, Adam, Adam Boileau, my co-host, he has sustained a psychic injury from the <laughs> fact that all these attackers did was dump some inboxes. Like he's yeah. like, they could have done so much more with that yeah. bug, like with that yeah. key mat, like what are they yeah. doing? Like I swear yeah. it, it almost gave him a stroke. Yeah. And uh, I think the, uh, well, it's not funny, I guess, but one of the most interesting parts of this story is that the logs that would tell you that someone was like doing this were part of like the upsell, right? They were part of like the E5 license. No, I know, like, I know. But we've, like been, we've been at Microsoft for years about this. You know, it's just a wild thing that this actually came out of a startup like like a startup has kind of reinvented the whole access and security model for online productivity suites <laughs> just seems yeah. a bit cray well i i would say that that's kind of that is why startups exist right they like kind of yeah. go question kind of like the norm and yeah, but try normally to like, they're like in models. infosec normally they're tackling something like smaller you know yeah. what i mean like you're literally re-hosting you know everyone's cloud productivity suites that's pretty crazy yeah yeah you know, and you're basically I, you know, re-implementing O365 and, and Google Workspace, <laughs> you know? I don't know if I would go that far because the, the thing is- Well, like re-implementing the, 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 the access controls and the storage yeah. and, yeah. you know, yeah. the logging. Yeah. yeah. I would say that, uh, I would say, yeah, that's a more accurate assertion. Like, you know, the, the clients, the services, like the, all the features, like those are, you're using them exactly the way you always did in Office 365 or G Suite. Uh, the thing that we are- with some of our features really tackling is the access control. Like, why is it that like, there's just one like login step that unlocks like everything, you know, yeah. for like 10 years uh, across every app. Like, that's crazy. Like, actually it's funny in the early days, we uh, like, I think back then Google had some marketing, which it was like, one login to access everything like they, they were like, literally, like that's not good guys yeah they were literally marketing <laughs> that right and we're like uh <laughs> that's maybe not what you want like even my bank right like if i log into my bank account and whatever i do 2fa whatever i get in if i then proceed to make a transaction that like is going to drain the whole account of like all the money in it then wired somewhere it makes me re-authenticate like it makes yeah. me like say like no you don't get to just do that just because you got access once doesn't mean you now just get everything. But that's kind of what I mean about about like 
material making more and more sense as time goes on because it's just insane really when you think about it like until you realize how insane it is that this is the paradigm like your business doesn't make sense but when you sort of snap out of that delusion yeah of you know and it is a delusion that this is an acceptable state of affairs as evidenced by things like the storm 0558 attack you just think well how is this not the standard way to do things yeah and i think what uh going back to kind of like our definition of email security conversation i think this is where like categories can often really hurt because they kind of frame your your problem email security and frame thinking, we're back to that right? yeah 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 and and it's like because it's not like people aren't uh using solutions to help protect like their productivity suite like they are but the things that they are using are uh, again like in the case of email so focused on the threat vector uh mm. and not so focused on the on the target aspect but but in general i think like there's also an opportunity to just think about like it's funny like you if you if you log into microsoft security like uh compliance center or whatever it's called these days like most of it is actually about email uh it's really yeah. interesting right it's like about your mail flow rules and and it's like you know they call it defender uh but but obviously that's not all of microsoft 365 that's just one app in microsoft 365 all of the other apps you could argue also have their own risks but like they just kind of are still living in that world where like office security used to mostly just be about email. And I think even we started there because it is this like ubiquitous app, like everybody uses it for everything. Uh, it's always going to get more and more data inside it. But I think the, the thing that's really exciting for me for the next kind of phase of the company is like going beyond the email and applying some of the same paradigms no, to no, some I'm, of these other No, no, I'm with apps. you. I think it, it, yeah. it, it is the next logical step and it enables you to step outside of that description of like we do email security but not like that i mean i, yeah, I get yeah, it yeah. and it and it's yeah. totally makes sense for, for you to go there um just a quick question though are you FedRAMP? we are working on it um the the thing that's interesting about us is that because of that single tenant infrastructure and because of the fact that you can actually own the infrastructure yourself by no means are, does that mean you're like FedRAMP done or anything like that but it certainly makes some of the kind of questions around it a lot easier because you know you can kind of the the customer is literally deploying at the app inside their so own why, why haven't you done fed ramp yet because i can just see especially in light of the storm 0558 thing that yeah. like fed us federal government in particular will be all over you um if yeah you get that yeah. fed ramp certification yeah no like i said we're working on it i think you know just one of but those the question like, was why not until now just busy doing other things or yeah just busy doing other things to be honest yeah. and then also even selling into the government um there are different there are different agencies or different uh, aspects to well, it. Well, you need you need have... dedicated staff who sell to US FedGov to sell to US FedGov, right? Right. Like and what I was going to say other, is a whole other beast. It is a whole other beast, and it takes a lot of uh, dedicated effort. But what I was saying is that there are actually parts of the government that you don't need full FedRAMP certification to sell into. So, like, there's a way to kind of dip your toes in and like start getting mm-hmm. going without having to go through this like long enduring process. But um, honestly, like when the storms have happened, like I was pretty angry, uh, internally because uh, like, you know, internally there was like a little bit of like a guys, like we f-ing have the technology, like this would literally yeah. have helped. And, and uh, why haven't we, we done fed ramp yet? Was it yeah, a bit of well, that moment or it was a nuts, just fed ramp. It was like, why in general have we not like, yeah, gotten US fed yeah. 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 So because, you haven't like, really made that a priority. Yeah, that's just not where we started. You know, like I think... Because um, you started the, more with the Silicon Valley set, right? Because that's where you came from. You came out of Dropbox. 
Well, I think what happens with every startup is also what happened with us is like when you're inventing kind of a new approach or a new way of thinking, you get like early adopters uh, and yeah. they're your first set of customers. They're the ones who are willing to try that out and they, they get it, right? They see it before everyone else does. Let's just say the government is not known for that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so well, that's I, the I think, thing. I mean, that's the thing. If you tried to sell this to them in, yeah. you know, I mean, you started running around 2017 or something. If you tried to yeah. sell this to them in like 2019 or something, forget it. Yeah. Now, I think you'd probably have some pretty good meetings. Absolutely. And and, and we are having those meetings, you know. Um, yeah, right. So I, I think that there the, the, the interest is definitely there. I think the problem uh reframing is starting to resonate like they understand okay like yeah we do have to think about this as like a content repository that is going to be targeted um it's correspondence right like at the end of the day like like from like the earliest days of like you know espionage like correspondence is what matters right like that's what you go yeah. after and this is the modern equivalent of that so like why aren't we protecting it that way i think there is kind of I saw, as you know, like I, I didn't come from like a security background before this company. And like one gripe I do have with the industry is like there is this obsession with detection and like trying to prevent. It's such an obsession. It's crazy. Like it's, it's such a mental Well, block. I think it's a balance, right? And I think you've got people in both camps. It's a pendulum thing. I mean, come on. I've worked with, I work with so many yeah, uh, I work with so many different vendors and there's other vendors who do really solid detection of edge case stuff totally. who might say, ah, yeah. there's this focus on prevention. It doesn't work. And there's focus <laughs> on harm, you know, yeah, so enough, it, it's a yeah, debate, yeah. right? Like That's it's absolutely uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm just like, you know, by the time someone is stealing a key from a data dump on like some engineer's laptop that is like yeah. going to let them get into every mailbox, like, all right, like, I don't know how you detect that, right? Like, I think you have to have some plans for like, you know, no, exactly. You need, kind of you, need, you, you need both. You um, absolutely need both. But I think like, you know, just to kind of illustrate how deep that mentality sometimes goes is like when we would describe this feature um, and, you know, for the audience, I'll just summarize. It's like basically anything that is uh, old, uh, let's say older than six months, a year, whatever you define that is in your email, that's also sensitive. We redact it and then we make you do kind of a step up authentication to access it again. When we would def describe this feature, People be like, oh, I totally get it. So when you when you detect an attacker's in the mailbox, you go like do this. <laughs> no, and you're no, like, no, 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 no. And I would say like, do you put a seatbelt on like right before you're about to get in an accident, or do you just put it on every time you drive your yeah, car? Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's it's more the latter, right? And so I think that uh, yeah, like people are always curious about. I think it's also just intellectually fascinating, right? Like how did they get it? Like how did it happen? How did what was the entry point? Where should we patch? And like, that is, that's good. Obviously you have to ask those questions, but I think like in some ways it's like not as intellectually interesting to just be like, yeah, you get in. And then like most of the stuff is like not there. Cause like it's actually somewhere else. And it's, that's yeah. just how it is. It's life, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's like not building. As, a, it's not as sexy. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, Abhishek Agrawal, uh, great to chat to you. Uh, really interesting conversation. I think, you know, I think your time is now. I think, I think yeah. it's, it's a great time to have built what you've built kind of before it was cool, maybe yeah. a little bit early, but now your box seat, I think this is something that, you know, a lot of people are gonna need something like this. Certainly you've paved the way for the future of how we're gonna think about this stuff. I mean, I do honestly think that. Uh, so thank yeah, you. great stuff, man. Well done yeah. um, and a fascinating conversation. Thanks a lot for joining Yeah, me. thank you for having me, appreciate it. 
That was Abhishek Agrawal, the CEO of Material Security there. Big thanks to them for that. Uh, and you can find them at material.security. And that is it for this edition of The Soapbox. I am still on break, but I'll be back with another weekly edition of the show on November 29. Uh, but until then, I've been Patrick Gray. Thanks for listening. <laughs>